Blog Talk Radio. Moments Radio Show for the inspiration, education, and celebration of enlightened living worldwide. I'm Mari, and we are back, and uh, so much has been going on, lots of crazy things that have been going on in my world, so uh, I love to come and do a podcast because it's very grounding and centering, and it just fills me up with all the frequencies and the energy and um, in the summertime, so when I, as the, at this recording, it's summer vacation for our 5D Academy because we take um, the summers off. And I start to go through withdrawals uh, <laughs> from teaching. So I'm excited to do today's um, podcast. And I am addressing an age-old topic, something I used to have actually a, a course on. And the question is, are you really open to receive? And it's it's a topic that's kind of tossed around quite a bit, but I think it's really, really important as I've been working with clients and in, in my own life, um, I test everything that I teach, whether it's on the podcast or in, right, written in my books or in the, um, in the academy, in the various levels of our academy, I I never ask you guys to do anything I haven't done myself. So I'm always testing these things. Um, I personally have now over 2,000 channeled messages in my voice memo on my phone. I keep a, an, a whole catalog of the messages that come in on a daily basis. We have about 100 messages coming at us each day. And those could be anything from, you know, wear blue shoes instead of pink shoes or take vitamin B today instead of vitamin A but or, you know, a two-hour download. So I have all different, you know, shapes and sizes of messages. But one of the things that really comes up is, are you really open? Are you really able to receive? And your higher self really wants to help get in there because, remember, we all have our own free will. And um, the free will button landed on the 3D side of the fence. So your 5D side is way more expansive, way more connected, you know, way more um, nimble, if you will, because it's not sort of harnessed in a physical body. But the, and it has all access to all the parallels, to all of the, you know, um, what are they, you know, to all of the things that you want that are in energetic form. I know a lot of you are working on your manifesting projects. Everything is already existing. Everything's already in energetic form. So your higher self has access to all that, but it does not have the access for, to say yes for you. So on the 3D side, you have to be really clear 
about what yes means to you and how are you interacting and how are you commanding the frequency? How, what are you putting into your own personal auric field to your own personal electromagnetic field, the field of energy and frequency around you, the field that straddles worlds between, you know, 3D and 5D. They say as above, so below. Um, what are you pumping into that on a very regular basis? And if you are pumping a very strong yes, a very consistent yes, then that means that you are creating uh, a a smooth uh, transit area for what you desire to come to you, whether it's just having a favorable conversation with somebody that's important to you, to manifesting the next, you know, house, a car, whatever it is, um, acceptance to a college program, anything that you, that's meaningful to you. It, the stronger you can have your yes, the easier it will come and the faster it will come. So I had been contemplating this a lot, working through, you know, my own stuff in my own world. And one of the things that channeled to me um, as I was driving was we need you to strengthen your yes. We need you to, so when we say strengthen your yes, if you ask for something and then you contradict it, or you ask for something, and you, you, know, you sit down and you do a meditation or a visualization or you do whatever modality you're doing for manifesting and you're trying to, you know, go through all the different, you know, parts of that manifesting recipe, whichever one you're using because there's plenty out there. And then you come out of that meditation. So essentially, if you go into the meditation, you go into the asking, you're going into 5D to ask. You always do. You close your eyes, take a deep breath. And you get centered and you start to, you know, muse about being in this, you know, certain car or house or beach house or whatever. And then you come up out of that meditation. You come up out of that visualization. You step back into, quote, your, quote, unquote, reality. Just by you thinking this is not reality and this is reality is saying no. Right? It's weakening your yes. You say, okay, now I have to get back into reality. It's weakening your yes. Because now you're saying there's a distinction between what I tangibly can have in my hand. So my tangibles in my hand are my reality. And then what I don't know that's what's still in the frequency form and not in hand is not reality. Where, in fact, it's all reality. Right? Your 5D reality, your infinite self doesn't go to sleep because you're not focusing on it. It's 100% your reality. It's way even more reality than than this, this earthly walk. Because your earthly walk is only the reality for this particular life and this particular parallel reality. It's not the totality of who you are. Right? So your infinite self, your non-physical self, is actually more, quote, real than your physical self. Your non-physical self is connected to all the yous, to all the parallels, to all the versions of you, to all the lifetimes. So with that, if you're using your 3D mind to put parameters based on time and space, okay, well, how long is it going to take me to get that? Okay, well, there's a distance between where I am now and where I will be when I have that thing. Okay, when you start to think time and space and distance and how long and all of that, then you're weakening your yes. And when you weaken your yes, what you're doing is now you're playing with the free will switch. Because your higher self can't send anything around your off switch. If you have that 
free will, yeah, uh, you know, switch on to yes. Like if you close your eyes right now and you think of like an A-B switch and you have like a little black switch and the top is A and the bottom is B. The top is yes and the bottom is no. And you, you say, okay, well, now I'm back in reality. You've just switched it off to no. Meaning your, now your yes is muddy. Now, does it mean that it's all black and white, all yes or all no? No. So this was the nuance that was being channeled to me that I wanted to share with you guys. And that um, you want to have not only a strong yes, but you want to have an efficient yes. What's an efficient yes mean? Normally I'm teaching this kind of stuff in my classes. I was just about to say, okay, tell me what you think. I'm on the podcast, so you're not there in the flesh right now. Um, so what does an efficient yes mean? That means that there's, you've collapsed the barriers to entry. So an efficient yes is that you have no, no resistance. So if you say, I want a glass of water, you go into the kitchen, you pull out your whatever you use for your water, everybody has their different things, and you get a glass and you pour the water, that's a solid yes. You didn't worry about where the water was. You didn't contemplate whether you needed 10 steps or 15 steps to get to the kitchen. You didn't worry about if it's a Brita filter or a water bottle or a pitcher or whatever. You just said, yeah. You didn't judge yourself. Oh, man, why do I want that water? Oh, who am I to have want water? Oh, gosh, you know, water. Yeah. It's it's pretty uncomplicated, you know, and, and there's, so there's no air. There's no distance between you and your your initial decision to get water and you getting the water. So that's a very efficient yes. But how about now we talk about getting, um, I'm hearing $10,000. To the channel is podcast. I'm here in ten thousand. I'm like, do you really want to talk about money? Yeah, let's talk about money. So let's say you know you, you know you want ten thousand dollars. You need ten thousand dollars. You want ten thousand dollars. If you want ten thousand dollars, ninety to nothing, your yes is weaker. So you want ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars would be so cool to have. Uh, what would you do with ten thousand dollars? You can muse about having ten thousand dollars. So that's actually a pretty weak yes because you kind of – it's not an engine to anything. But if you say, I want $10,000 to go on the cruise ship that has the penthouse whatever stateroom with the hammock or whatever, then the yes starts to get a little stronger because now you're attaching it to something that you're emotionally jazzed about. And there's not, and then if that ten thousand dollar price tag is for a normally twenty thousand dollar stateroom, oh boy, that's on sale, honey. That's half price. Oh, what? Wait a second. Where do those ports are called? Okay, ten grand. Hmm. You know that's a. And then you attach it to something sentimental, like this is going to be our, you know, seventh. We are tenth wedding anniversary, and it's ten thousand dollars. Oh. Oh, yes, that's like there's even numbers that are associated with, and that yes is getting stronger. The enthusiasm's going up. The meaning is going up to you, the heartfelt meaning to you. 
is going up. So now you're strengthening that yes, right? Because you're there's there's a that ten thousand dollars is starting to make itself you're starting to attach it to something tangible that you have emotional charge on. So that's strengthening your yes. Now, if you say, um, I, so it's like then you become, I need $10,000. I need $10,000 so I can take advantage of this sale on this cruise for this 10th anniversary that my husband wife partner it would be so excited about. We're both excited in this port of call that we, you know, we haven't seen or this new ship or whatever, whatever, whatever that is. Now you're strengthening that corridor to your yes. And you're reinforcing, reinforcing, reinforcing the yes, reinforcing the yes. Because now it's not just a want, it's a need. I need that so we can go on this trip and have this experience for this particular date. Da, 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 da. Now, if you just say I want $10,000, and there's no energy around it. And then your mental mind creeps in and says, oh, man, so does everybody else. <laughs> yeah, where am I going to get that? Yeah, 10 grand? Give me a break. They just go to bills anyway. That's a weak yes. It's still saying, oh, Bob, okay, I'm going to set this intention anyway. She said, try to get $10,000. Oh, well, I'll give it a trial. Hope for the best. Prepare for it. Probably won't get it. That's a weak yes. You're still saying yes, but if you're saying a yes with kind of like a tertiary underbelly of, yeah, I don't believe it, then you're weakening your yes. Right? And then, so, and then the other side of that is if you start to add in the 3D negative emotions. So, in, so that's blame, shame, guilt, fear, anger, anxiety, those things, right? So if you start to put in those, Oh, man, if only my parents were better with money, I would be a much easier time to get 10 grand. But I still want the 10 grand. But, yeah, you know, the last time I got 10 grand, oh, man, I had to work so hard for that. Oh, my God. And then I had to spend it on the roof when the roof caved in. Ah, you know, I can never hold a dollar. And it always just comes in and goes right up. Right? So those are, that's how you weaken your yes. And what's really important, and then, then what happens, we have this tendency to go back into dogma where, you know, when you learn formal religion, you hear, you know, you have to be obedient to this and give to that priest or leave money in that bowl or say this many Hail Marys, or, you know, and then, and then God will have it when God is done with the daily patients at the hospital and the babies being born and the, you know, tsunami on the other side of the world, then maybe you can come in and have a little chat with you about that little silly thing that you want, like 10 grand for a cruise. Right? So then we start to go around bargaining. Oh, man, if I had $10,000, oh, man, I'd help those those little rescue puppies. I would go and help the people, you know. So you can only, then you start to put the things around, the things that you desire just because you want them. You start to attach this, I'm, this sort of sense of, well, I'm not worthy of it just for wanting it. So if I attach it to somebody else, then it'll, maybe it'll, I can dovetail on their worthiness. If I say, oh, I'm going to go build a school in some other country or whatever, then by saying that, then it makes me more, quote, worthy of the 10 grand. I can tell you that your worthiness is intact from birth and it never wavers. 
So more, if you do more charity, you're no more worthy than if you do less charity. It's not making your worthiness factor go up. It just makes your sense of feeling like you deserve what you desire go up. It's very great to give to charity. The tithe, I do it myself. But it's not in lieu of, oh, it's not to make me feel like, okay, so I, you know, made money doing the work I do and helping the people I help. And so now I have to give it away to make myself worthy of it. No, that's definitely not the case. Okay. So, but we're taught that in formal religion, like, you know, it's better to give than receive. If you think about it, better to give than receive. Better to give than receive. If it's so much better to give than receive, which implies wrongness on receiving. Oh, I only want to give. I don't want to receive. Oh, you know, people who focus on receiving are heathens. Well, then, who do you give the stuff to? <laughs> if nobody, if if you want to give, but you're making the people who want to re, who are in the receiving mode wrong, and you're making yourself right for being the giver and not the receiver then who, who are you giving it to? Like if we took that premise and said it's only okay to give and never to receive, and if nobody's willing to receive, then how does anybody, like, how does that work? So having an exchange, I'm open to receive, and I'm willing to give. And I'm open to giving and I'm open to receiving because I'm open to an exchange. This is why a lot of light workers, when they start, um, it, you know, they, before they understand alchemy, before they understand how to speak with their higher self, before they understand how to be fluent in the language of their, their higher self and fluent in the language of the 5D toolkit, they go through, they try to go out and start to open some sort of practice, Reiki, massage, you know, whatever some sort of helping people practice, coaching, consulting, all that stuff. But they're not filled up themselves. They're on empty, but then they say, okay, well, I need to help other people, and then that will make me worthy of getting money. But if you're not filled up yourself, it is very hard to go and carry a load of clients. It's very, very difficult. You need to be filled up. You need to be giving from your Extra, so you can be giving with a, a, a space of generosity, not a space of desperation. That's why in the academy we focus first on the fluency in the language of your higher self, really developing that energetic communication system, and really getting reliable, you know, um, corridor, reliable conversational relationship with your higher self, so you can get answers as you need them throughout your day when you ask for them, not when it's some sort of haphazard thing. And then level two, we focus on alchemy. Focus on getting you your bucket list of filling your cupboards up so that you're kind of overflowing with truth, with enjoyment, with awe, with wonder, with feeling a sense of success. Then, level three, we focus on right livelihood and you know, starting a practice for this or writing a book or something that's outward-facing, public-facing. 
I learned over the years working with just thousands and thousands of clients, doing tens of thousands of readings, just, you know, know, probably done 100,000 readings over the last 30 years. But as as you're going through all of that, you're seeing people, I have the luxury of seeing like cross-sections of people and seeing like, you know, real patterns. And the thing that I saw was burnout. Anytime somebody's burnout out, it's because they're giving from their principle and not from their interest. If you have beer in a mug, you want to be offering the foam, not the beer that's in the mug. You want to be offering from the foam that's spilling over the side. That's when you can give and sustain it. So you see light workers one minute they're feast and famine. One minute, oh, you know, I'll give, you know, without all these coaching sessions and all this and all that, and then they, they collapse. And then you don't you know, hear from them or whatever, right? So it's very, very important to be able to fill up and give from a place of generosity. Now, that generosity, and if you have to fill up and give up, give from a place of generosity, you can't fill up if you're not open to receive. So strengthening your yes is super important so that you can fill up enough so that you have an overflow and then you can you'll be amazed at what opportunities come when you are in a place to be generous. You know, that's where the big creativity comes in. That's where you you look at these big celebrity slash philanthropists or philanthropic celebrities, people like the Oprah's and the Richard Branson's and, you know, Bill Gates and those people who have that philanthropic arm along with their celebrity and, you know, their, their core claim to fame. Um, what you'll see is that they have a really easy time with being generous because they're never taking food out of their own mouth to give it to everybody else. It's not martyrdom. Okay? It's energetic exchange. So there's three questions that we want to break are you really open to receive down into because it's not just about open to receive. If you have a notebook, you might want to use it right now. There's three questions. And this is how you strengthen your yes is one is are you open to receive? So that's question one. Question two is are you willing to accept? And then question three is are you able to allow? Okay, so I just talked about are you open to receive? Are you willing to accept? If you are catastrophizing or comparing and competing or self-deprecating or doubting, then you're not willing to accept. Or if you say, oh, you know, I only give, I only give, I only give. Oh, I I could never accept. Oh, that's so very generous of you, but I could could never say yes. You keep that for yourself. Are you open to receive? Are you willing to accept it? When you start to see it coming to you, oh, that's weird. As soon as you say, oh, that's weird, guess what you're doing? Batting it back out there. And then are you able to allow? So some people, it's like they, I, I noticed this with authors, right? So as I was working on my books, um, there's, a, there's a little bit of a syndrome with authors. There's a difference between a writer and an author, right? The writer can write, but an author is somebody who gets the work out to the world, right? That's kind of a change of title. <laughs> You've written, you're writing, 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 and then you, your work lands in a published volume. 
that corridor between going from writer to author is a very trepidatious one, and it can do a number on your psyche, especially if your worthiness factor is not in place, not up to snuff. So what people do is you work on this book for forever, and you're toiling over it and you're writing and writing and writing and editing and going through rounds with editors and putting it down and ignoring it for months and then picking it back up and going through it all again and being happy with it and surprised that you ever wrote that you couldn't remember writing it and then you start to hate it again. There's the whole thing. And then you finally get to the point where you're at the polish edit stage and finally somebody from on high, well, your editor or even a publisher will say, okay, it's ready to roll. And then all of a sudden the author says, whoa, 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 wait. What if nobody wants to read it? And they and the the publisher might say, okay, so we need this for this deadline. So once you finish the manuscript, then they're going to start to ask you for things like, what's on the front cover, what's on the back cover, um, gathering uh, endorsements from other published authors. There's other things, right? Um, how much do you have on social media? What, what you know? Do you have followers on YouTube or? Do you have followers on Insta or do you have followers on Facebook or TikTok or whatever? And they want to know what your platform is. They won't even publish you if you don't have a platform. So a lot of authors say, oh, well, I don't do social. I don't need social. But that's their way of saying, I don't want to be seen. Right? I don't want to be seen. I just want to publish this book and I want to get out there through osmosis and I don't want anyone to judge me. So they get... Are you able to allow, open to receive, willing to accept, able to allow? Are you able to allow your work to get out to the world? Are you able to allow the good stuff in? So this is very, very important. And as you go through your week, I want you to start to ask yourself the question, those three questions, am I open to receive, am I willing to accept, am I able to allow? Somewhere in there, if you don't have what you've been asking for, there's a weak link in there, and that you need to fix. And you can say to your higher self, what's my weakest link when it comes to this particular topic? You want that significant other, and it keeps eluding you, and you keep getting the same person over and over again in a different body, right? The same kind of dynamic, you know, you think you start off great, and then it just seems to devolve into the same old, same old then is that really the people? Is it the match.com or whatever the latest uh, online services, or is it really you? And then you have to ask the right questions. If you're asking your buddies and friends, they don't know. They're they're redeeming it. If you have access to your higher self and you know how to get those messages, that's where you ask because then you're in the infinite. And you can also say, okay, if it's a specific person, my higher self to their higher self helped me to get some clarity on this, you know, those types of things. But you want to be able to identify what that weakest link is and really be able to look at yourself and look at it head on. That strengthens your yes. Because your yes is only as strong as your weakest link. And if there's yes, 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 no, but I don't deserve it. But yes, 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 I want it. I said I'm working hard for it. I'm putting, you know, burning the midnight oil and I'm going the 11th mile and I'm pounding, I'm pounding, I'm pounding, I'm pounding. It's kind of like the person who's dieting and exercising, and then they come home and they eat a Twinkie. 
and they let that kick, you know, because they, but they've exercised for two hours that day and they've lifted all these weights and done all these things, but then they come home and they want to eat something that they know is detrimental. So it's a sabotage, right? That's the weakest link. What is that saying? Is it saying, and that's you, then you drill down and you say, okay, so I, I eat when I should, I've just done all this exercise and bought all this great food. Why am I eating? And you're like, okay, that's where you have to get into the triggers or the, worthiness or whatever it is that you're perceiving yourself as self-sabotage. It could be something like hormones. If you're over 50 or over 40, if you're in a perimenopause and menopausal state as a woman and you're exercising two hours a day, you're kicking up so much cortisol, you may come home, you know, which is, which is going the opposite, which is going to help you to gain weight. Then you get home, you get on the scale, oh, God, and you get all depressed, then you want to eat, but that, and then it's more cortisol. So it may be that it's not so much your food choices or a diet or a, you know, the exercise or lack of exercise. It's that your hormones aren't balanced. So your higher self might say, go to the endocrinologist and work on a hormonal issue. You're like, but wait, how does that stop me from blah, blah, blah? Oh, yeah, well, if your hormones are off, you can't make good judgments. And it's hard to channel, too, because your, your 3D mind gets overactive. gets overactivated because it's too reactive. Right? So this, these are things that, you know, seem counterintuitive. But if you, when you're fluent, and this is what happens with my people in the academy, you get you fluent so that you can hone in on those things. And most of the time when you're really fluent, you don't have to ask. Your higher self will bring it to you and say, hey, look, I know that you're working on blah, blah, blah. And... Uh, you're, you're struggling with that. Here's why. I, that's why I'm teaching this class right now. It's because I was driving down the hallway and I was like, ah, I can't believe this. Is, I still haven't cracked the code on this thing. And, I, and, and they channeled this whole thing to me. I was channeling. I drive on the, when I drive, um, I put on my voice recorder on my phone and I do all my channeling. So and I do a kind of a daily thing where it's 25 minutes or so where I'm going and I just, you know, I know I'm going to get that 25-minute channeling going there. And then I, a lot of times I'll listen to what I channeled driving to, and then I listen to it on the way back. You know, I listen back to it, and, you know, and then I'll transcribe it or whatever and put it in my notes or whatever. You know, or I might teach from it. Some things, that, you know, I get very clear, okay, you'll, you can teach about this. Other things, it's like, ah, keep that one for myself, you know, that kind of thing. But it's a really wonderful um, tool, and, it's, it's, and, it, and we're all built in with it. So why wouldn't you want to know about it, right? You want to be um, really, really aware. Your higher, the higher you, the more aware you are of your functionings, you know, what, your whys, then getting your what is much easier. Okay? So one of the other things that I wanted to mention before we end is your 5G frequency is always way ahead of you. So anything that you're really desiring, it's because your higher self has downloaded it to you to desire it. Say, hey, you know, um, getting a new car might be a good idea. And you're like, oh, I really wish I could get a new car. Huh, I got to tell my higher self I want a new car. It's like, hello, we told you you wanted a new car. <laughs> you don't need to come here and start begging. Hey, and that's your higher self talking to your physical self, your 3D self. Your 5D self is saying to your 3D self, look, dude, I... I gave you the idea that you want a new car. Don't come spinning back around and begging me for it. Just start saying yes. If, if you feel, 
like that intuition or that, that sort of hunch, that sort of feeling, oh, I'm passing by, blah, 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 car dealership. Maybe I should go in there and take a look at something. And, and, and then, you know, you say, oh, no, come on, you don't have the money. Oh, come on, that's a stupid idea. Oh. And you let your 3D mind sideswipe you, that's, guess what, you just weakened your yes. And you've just added time and inefficiency. So what we want is to be energetically strategic. We want to be energetically efficient. We want to, in 5D, there's no time and there's no space. In 3D, there is time and space. It's part of the, of the physical infrastructure of our physical world, but part of our energetic infrastructure of our energetic and frequency-based world, there is no time and there is no space. So as far as speed is concerned, that's all on, on the 3D. That's all on how soon are you going to say yes. And, and the other thing that affects speed on the 3D is how fluent you are in understanding the language of your higher self. What is it sending to you? Okay, that's, you know, so if you're going to learn a new language, you start out with, um, you know, you learn vocabulary, you learn some phrases, let's say. But you step into a business meeting and you want to communicate. So now, you know, if you speak the language as your first language, you don't have to stop and think, oh, okay, what's the vocabulary word for the bathroom? Or what's the vocabulary word for book or soda or PowerPoint presentation? What's that vocabulary word in, you know, Spanish or Japanese or whatever? Yeah, and then you have to think about it. And then you say, oh, let me pull out my, my Google app and oh, I'm going to do World Translate. You're adding time and space and time and space and time and space. Why? Because you're not fluent in that language. So how efficient is that conversation? Oh, excuse me, sir. Let me just go back into Google. Excuse me. Let me go back oh, into Google oh, to figure how to talk to you. Oh, right? Like that's length. How long does that meeting become? Because you have to translate every single thing. Because you don't have the vocabulary. You don't have the declensions. You don't have the paragraph. You know the paragraphs. You don't have the phrases, the sentences. You don't. You you can't speak in a fluent, efficient way. You have to think before you speak every word because it's not your primary fluent language. You could even have a working knowledge of that language and you're still inefficient. It's nowhere near as fast as a fluent, two people who are fluent and in their native tongue. I used to go to a Spanish hairdresser and she'd have this Latin music playing and you know, all the stuff and it was really fun. And she would start to talk in Spanish to her Spanish clients. And I have a working knowledge of Spanish, but I'm not fluent in it. So she would go, and I would pick up word. Oh, I know that word. Oh, okay. That, and I'd get the gist of where she was going. I knew if she was talking bad about somebody, if she was cussing, or if she was calling somebody fat behind their back who was sitting right there because they don't speak Spanish, they don't know. I kind of could pick up on those things. But if I wanted to keep up with her, I'd have to think, I'd have to pull out a translator, I'd have to, I don't know, like certain, I don't remember certain tenses, future, whatever, you know, maybe, you know, how to say they as opposed to I, you know, all those kinds of things. Adds time, adds space, adds time, adds space to get the communication across. So when you're not fluent in your energetic languages, you're adding time and space to the conversation. So you're adding time and space between you and your results in anything that you want. And that's why fluency is so important to strengthen your yes. The closer you can get to fluency, which takes some time and care and attention, 
and practice. And understanding, theoretically, getting the, theory, the, the actual theory and then getting the practical how-to and then putting into action. And then rinse and repeat and practice and use it. That's where you start to get that, that engine and you start to, you know, you start to um, uh, squeeze out that time and space and you start to shrink that down. And now I'll come up with an idea. And a lot of times I'll have an idea just in my head and have it written down, have it spoken, and it just, you know, poof, something comes through on Facebook or something comes through on TV or, you know, somebody mentions something to you or somebody calls me out of nowhere. And, and you know, you, your mental mind can say, oh, that's a dink. Oh, that's, that's crazy. Uh, no, 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 I don't say that's crazy at all because I know that slows it down because that's basically weakening your yes. I don't weaken my yeses. That's why things come fast for me for the, for the most part. I don't weaken them. I, I, I really have learned this. Strengthen the yes. Now, strengthening your yes with conscious intent speeds it up even more. So now you've heard this podcast. Now you say, okay, I'm going to my own world. How am I saying no? How am I saying yeah? What, what pieces do I not want to, what are my blind spots? What do I not want to look like? Because I promise you those are the things that are slowing down from your results. Okay, so I would love to hear from you guys. If you would like, first of all, um, I'd love to hear from you about topics that you'd like to learn about. I'm going to be doing a lot of um, podcasts coming up, and we're finally down to the tail end of all this tech changeover and a lot of stuff going on. Um, and so I would love to know topics that are of interest to you, questions that you have. That would be awesome. Um, you can send those to support at ahamomentsinc.com. And then also, uh, if you are interested in studying with me in the academy and seeing if this would be a great fit for you, I'd love to talk to you. I'm doing calls, um, individual calls with folks. Um, we're coming up to the tail end of the registration for September classes and at the time of this recording, it's uh, just about July. Um, and so, and even if it's not that time frame when you're listening to this later on, if you'd like to be considered to participate in the academy, if you're interested in learning more about frequency fluency, I'd love to have you um, connect with us and let's see what we can support you in. And you can also send an email to support at ahamomentsinc.com support at ahamomentsinc.com and we'll be happy to um, jump on a call and just see where you're at and see what fits and uh, have all sorts of options for you. So um, also if you can like and follow this, uh, I have to start learning how to say that now, uh, technology has changed and social has changed so much since I started this podcast so many years ago. Um, but if you, uh, wherever you're listening, if you can like and follow um, give us a review and let us know how you're doing with it and what else you'd like to hear about. I'd greatly appreciate that as well. All right, so we're going to start to ramp up a little bit more frequency, um, frequently releasing the podcast and a little bit in summer mode and, you know, and, and churning out a book and doing all kinds of things. But you're going to start to see some more stuff like I've been promising, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I hope this helps. This was a lot that I talked about today. It's a lot. So listen to it again and start to take some action. And if you'd like to really get fluent, then reach out to me at support at ahamonsink.com. All right. So I think that's it for today. We'll end with my motto, which is you truly can have exactly what you want. You absolutely 
deserve it too. And in this 5D frequency, anything is possible. Take care, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Bye.